This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Do you want a true champion's perspective? Well, come on over to the Bulls broadcast, where we talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning, have some friendly banter, and of course, hockey name of the day. If you pronounce it, you can get it. Anthony Nunschwander. Ah, you didn't pronounce it right. Anthony. Anthony Nunschwander. It's it's N-E-U-E-N. It's Neunschwander. Anthony Neunschwander. Dude, I always slept in German class, so I don't know... I don't know how you expected me to put that together. Come on. You only took it for four years. I took it for two. Took it for two years? Oh, no. Jay don't yeah. took it that long. I, I took it for two years and was, like, asleep in all of German, too. Oh, you, you, you only took it in, in uh, junior high. You didn't take yeah. it in high school at all. No. Yeah, she sent us across the hallway, and it was, like, me... And I don't know five other people, and all we did was just goof off because it was an empty room of just us. While she was too busy yelling at you guys because you guys were a terrible class. <laughs> no, uh, we weren't a terrible class. A couple people were terrible people. Uh, not going to mention names. Not going to call it anybody in this pod. It was Chase Crawshaw. It was hundred <laughs> percent not me. Oh boy, I know a couple of those names, but uh, yeah, it's a good point, Chase. We won't mention those here. New episodes every Monday. Only on the Hockey Podcast Network. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. As always, I am joined by the one, the only Bayou Benders. How you doing, bud? Doing good. Uh, for this one week only, we have changed our name to Halls Nightly with the commanding no. win over <clears throat> Secrets. Well, you can't even say the name. It's fucking Secrets. I'm going to take the, the fucking pity shot at you. <laughs> Scooter. No. Uh, so, how how was your week? We'll just start. We'll just start with the beginning of the week. Uh, the beginning of the week was the draft. You just want to jump right into the draft? Do you want to re- want to have our little inc- recap first? Let's do a recap. Let's do let's do a fucking recap first. All right. All right. Well, uh, we just got back from talking to Frank of the Columbus Blue Jackets podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I believe it's called Blue Jackets Debrief now. Um, Gone through quite a few different name changes throughout the network, so I'm sorry if I got that wrong. Uh, I don't know, fucking fix it in post, Corey, if I'm wrong, just fucking voice over me or some bullshit. Yeah, it's going to sound like so smooth if if I have the voice over that. You can put on a Canadian accent. Oh, yeah, but uh, get a 2-4 at the beach. Get a 2-4. Welcome back. Double-double Boston cream. But I can't ignore the fact that I was, you know, doing a stupid Canadian accent before we started recording. And, you know, Corey thought a 2-4 was some sort of Canadian form of a double-double. 
and that or, this is just or a two for one because 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 <laughs> we're so fucking stupid down here and we just can't like you know we can't say two for one so we say two for a little two for so i didn't know that that meant 24 bottles or cans my bad now, see, you you might be um fucking uh blasted over here y'all might be some you know there might be a lot you know large portions down there in the u.s you know large appetites large meals the south no just in the u.s in general oh my fucking god your portions are huge but we're all alcoholics here so two four two four pod no i'm serious i um <clears throat> the first time i went to mcdonald's in the u.s was eye-opening for me to say the least yeah it was bad. i like oh my I asked for, I got a large pop and like, fuck, I got like a fucking fire hydrant filled with iced tea, which <laughs> wasn't iced tea because it was literally just cold tea. I don't know what the fuck that's about. Like it, it was just non, it, it didn't have uh, like sugar in it. No, I, yeah, I didn't know because I went, I was young. I didn't know that you guys, your iced tea is just genuinely just, cold fucking tea yeah it's, it's got no sugar in it and then if Our, you want sugared tea it's like angel urine it's like if you're a diabetic don't drink it no. our iced tea is like like we have like iced tea but there's still sugar in it it's like cold tea but our iced tea is like fucking pop like that shit is sweet and when i'm like 10 years old super fucking happy i'm in the u.s you know there's these massive fucking portions i got my fucking fire hydrant filled with what i think is as you described angel urine and i take a big ass sip and it's just cold fucking tea i, I was not pleased <laughs> to say the least and we saved you an insulin shot for like a day <laughs> I, i'm sure the burger and the fries made up for it mm-hmm yeah, dude, there it was a wild time growing up when there were such things as like fucking biggie size. Like, you want a fucking biggie size? <laughs> like, I'm gonna give you a fucking liter of cola. You know? I rem I remember like even when I was like in fucking like, you know, not that long ago, like in kindergarten, we had like like hot lunch days, and every week we they'd fucking feed kindergarten students KFC. Wow, I know. Like just pure like death, really, and just chicken, disgusting grease. Dude, that's you fucking know. nuts. Cause like we just had like really like craft oriented mothers of our friends that were our lunch ladies that just hooked us up and made really good food. So like we just had like southern food the whole time. So like yeah, we had like fried shit, but like, we didn't go out and get KFC. Like no, they're feeding like four-year-old five-year-old kids kfc once a week like that oh i that that makes me ugh, feel so gross now but it's actually yeah, like that banned. terrible it's it's literally it's like illegal now for that them to do that i guess in school board i don't fucking know dude it fucking should be you, you know what was a dark time which a lot of people might be upset by me saying this when wendy's like color scheme was yellow like that was like the dark time of like just getting overfed Wendy's had a yellow color scheme. Yeah, dude. Like the yellow phase Wendy's when like their cups were like ugly ass yellow, like straight up like mustard yellow. 
that's when the biggie everything like mcdonald's had the biggie bullshit wendy's was famous for they would you like the biggie size that motherfucker and you'd be like yes of course i do because you don't realize what the fuck you're pumping into your system oh what the f- i'm i'm looking at it right now biggie Dude. it literally is bright bold orange letters biggie. Like, biggie. <laughs> just huge dude like like you were putting down like two pounds of fucking like non breakdowning food into your system. When every when when the Wendy's had the yellow rain, it was like that was when fast food was at its fucking worst. And sadly, that's seen, when I grew up. Like, have you seen those fucking like videos or like articles where like people leave like McDonald's burgers? Yeah. Like away and they like don't decay or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, like. You know, I'm not going to comment on the validity of that. Like, whatever, maybe that's true. But as an employee of McDonald's, I can fucking confirm that our food fucking rots. Because, you know, I, I came off of my regular 5 to 1 on a Sunday. Well, you know, today it's Sunday, 5 to 1 every Sunday. And, um, you know, about seven hours into my shift, I'm like, all right, last hour. Uh, let's be honest, you got to, you just, coaster that you're like fuck it I, I'm, I tried for seven hours now i'm just gonna take a break so you know i'm i'm hiding in uh the back and uh i see my manager so i dip into the freezer and uh you know i'm, I'm like moving boxes around pretending to look busy to my fucking dismay i move a box and i'm like because like you, you know when you're like at work and like you don't want to actually work so you just like do a bullshit job to just kind of pretend you're busy yeah, I've been doing so it like, for like 10, 10 plus years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking like cutting the, making the boxes look pretty. And I move this fucking skid to the side and I, oh man, I gagged. I find the oldest ass looking fucking hamburger patty. It's like, like, it looks like it's eating itself. It's like fucking like green and like. It's, uh, it was just disgusting. So, like, I do not believe for a second any of those fucking Dawn's not decaying shit because that, that fucking, that bitch was decaying and it ruined my fucking shift. Yeah, no, uh, man, like, I used to, I used to go sit in our, in our, our walk in cooler and just smoke blunts in there. Like, and I'd say I just needed a break, but it was mainly just me just like trying to hide. But, um, I know for a fact that I don't know if the shit decays, um, but I know it does get smaller uh, because someone threw a fucking uh, a fucking American single slice, a craft Hockeyville slice on my on my work vehicle the other day. And I guess out of protest to my job because I'm not doing my job I'm doing, you know, they've just have us misplaced somewhere that I just left that piece of cheese on there and just drove <laughs> around for a week. <laughs> and it got smaller, like it stayed its its you know square shape, but it just got smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And then like it started to shrivel up on the side, so it started to close in on itself. And I guess I just lost it one day, you know. That's a shame. Driving to work, but it was it was an interesting art exhibit uh, for a little bit. It's funny, like the shit you'll do at work compared to like the stuff I'll do at home, like at home if i like if i like drop like a fucking like i don't know like a piece of food on the ground i'll like you know i'll be like and then i'll like pick it up i won't even think about it Mm -hmm. 
if, if I like drop a piece of food in a kitchen at Don's, I don't think there's a chance in hell that my automatic reaction isn't to just kick it under the fucking table. Dude. I used to, uh, and now for the record, this is not my job I'm at personally right now. This is my previous job when I worked in the city. Um, I used to put, I used to unroll a giant roll of like an industrial, um, I don't know what y'all call it there, but basically like a Scott towel. You know what that is? Well, fuck if no, no, like just like, just like paper towels. Okay. Just like a paper towel company. Yeah. So like not the brown ones, not, not those industrial ones that you have in the bathroom that don't work like the, the, the absorbent ones. Right. So like an angel soft. Or whatever y'all's version of that is, um, <laughs> Olson soft. I don't. I don't know. Well, anyway, I, soft. I would unroll it onto my hand like a giant, you know, like a fucking cartoonish boxing glove, and I would just throw it in the fire, like the fryer. Sorry, getting ahead of myself. Uh, and I would just fold it over and over in the fryer until it, it had absorbed its mass and oil. And I would pick it up with tongs and put it onto our grill. And on the camera, it looked like I was doing my job, which was to clean the grill before the end of the night. So I was just putting a little oil on it. <laughs> but what I was intentionally doing was creating a fireball. And then I would take the tongs and I would throw it at whoever was working with me. Normally, my friend Matt, and he'd be like doing dishes and I'd fucking scream and he'd look over and there's a fucking ball of fire coming at him. Um we set the floor on fire a couple times, like a couple of like fragments would hit the floor. So there'd just be like little summoning fires everywhere. And uh, our fucking waitresses would come in and my homie John would get on his fucking knees and start praying and shit. Cause he's uh, ah, fuck. I forgot where he's from, but he uh, it's Nordic, you know, it, it's old, you know, his old ancestors are Nordics and shit like that. So this idiot's on the fucking floor, like praising the fire and, you know, it's a great way to get people to get the fuck out of my kitchen. Um, we did shit like that. I used to fring, fling Frisbees like Captain America. Uh, but we would do it with the pizza pans at the fucking kitchen wall. And there's there was a couple of like there's so much shit that like, yeah, you knocking a little piece of cheese under a table was like. Nothing compared to what we were doing at 4 a.m. on Lower Decatur. I don't think like if you haven't worked in a kitchen. I don't think you like can understand like the type of shit that goes down in a kitchen. Cause I, I do both at McDonald's. I'm mostly in the back, but Don's. Oh man. Mostly like in the back, but sometimes I'll be fucking up and taking orders and shit bullshit. But when you're in the kitchen, like I, I, I don't know what it it's is. It's your time to shine. You just like... don't give a shit though. <laughs> like, like I'm not saying like the food is going to be safe and there's going to be health. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying like I'm out here like spitting in people's food and shit. No, I'm like, I'm making the food well. I'm washing my hands, all that bullshit. But when we're not busy, like you talk about, did you, I don't know if you've ever done this and this is by far the stupidest thing I've ever done. Let's if my it. parents, if my parents listen to this episode, I'm going to die. So we have um a fucking like, it's Brower, the Brower company. That's our truck. They deliver our food and we like take it in whatever. Right. And usually you kind of get to know the truck guys. So we, we got to know this one guy who's this crazy fucking like Russian dude, but he was like, 
he was older you could tell he was like soviet russian like this man would like go outside and like snap a bear with bear's neck with his bare hands like he was just fucking crazy mm-hmm. and uh so we we asked he it was we it was like late one late one night it was like 10 o'clock the truck came late we asked him if he wanted to get like something to drink so he came in and uh we're cleaning the fucking fryer and he <laughs> he starts telling us about how he because he used to work at a restaurant, how if you hold your hand in a bucket of ice for 10 minutes, you can shove it in the fryer and then pull it out and not burn yourself. And we all called bullshit. So (laughs) crazy ass Russian man holds his hand in the ice for 10 minutes, shoves it into the fucking vat, holds it there for a few seconds, smiles at us and whips it out and his hand's totally fine. And then, you know, we give him his coffee, goes on his day. And like, that was the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen. So naturally, when you see someone do a totally stupid and idiotic thing, you have to fucking copy them, right? Sure. So I, yeah, naturally. So I fucking, <laughs> I, I, I t- put my hand in this ice for like, I don't know, like 10 minutes. And I come out and I'm like shaking. I'm fucking nervous. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And I put my hand in and I pull it out really quick and I felt nothing. I was like, yo, it, like I could not believe it actually worked. So I do it again. <laughs> and <laughs> Oh my God. I have never felt so much pain in my entire fucking life. It's just like the feeling of just oil burning your hand and like knowing that like you are the reason, like it was just your own stupidity that you have just burned your head. You've, I, like, it's not like I tripped and fell or anything. I just shoved my hand straight into a fucking burning vat of oil. And yeah, try, try, um, try getting, um, paid, paid weeks off with that excuse. So how'd you hurt yourself? Oh, they I shoved the hand the in the camera? oil. They I checked the camera at all? Jesus. I, if, I hope not. The hoop if they were there the pretty laughing is you, is your, is your epitome song right now. Um, <laughs> no dude so like i've actually done it without water or ice and one time it hurt and one time it did not i don't know if I, like i went into it and like did not realize i dipped my hand so like there was no like pain receptors just didn't go off like there's you know no one in the house you know maybe i was just high but like dude i put my whole fucking hand in there one time on accident and like i i did not feel anything and, but there was all other times where like, I burnt the absolute fucking piss out of my hands. Uh, I actually oh, yeah. cut the tip of my thumb off uh, when I first started being a prep cook. That shit was terrible. Um, love fryers, though. You can do so much fucked up shit with a fryer that we can tur- totally turn into, like, fryer stories once a week. Because, um, dude, I got a bunch of them. Uh, like, throwing water bottles in a fryer. <laughs> like... <laughs> Oh man, the panic on new fucking prep cooks uh, faces when they see that. But you know, I think I think we've really extended our uh, "How are you this week?" to the point oh. that we're like thirty minutes into it. So we're like uh, that fucking crazy ass uncle that you have over for like lunch, and he stays a few days. That's been this intro. Yeah, I feel like I'm that uncle with like most people though. So I get it. I'm like the cousin Eddie. Of most people's God. lives. Cousin Eddie. <laughs> you know what? Everyone needs a Cousin Eddie. Apparently. 
and uh, apparently I've, I've I am that for a lot of people. Um, <laughs> well, your week started off great. Never even talked about mine. I don't think you cared about it enough. Mine was devastating because the same day that you know a certain hurricane looked like it was going to destroy us. We lost Max Domi and what you knew was going to happen and most of the world knew, but I was not allowing myself to know that. So when it happened, it hurt so much more, you know. Denial is dangerous. It is very dangerous. And you you fell victim to denial there. Dude, I was looking up all kinds of reasons, like his commercial wearing the Habs uniform. I was like, yeah, no, he's not going anywhere. Why would he, why we wear that? But uh, he's gone, and we have Josh Anderson. And it's funny because we, when we talked to Frank, excuse me, I'm burping. Um, that's disgusting on air. So um, when we talked to Frank, I was like, I don't know who the fuck Josh Anderson is. And um, it's it's because, like, I just didn't recognize his name. I've had this guy in fantasy, like, fucking, like, two years in a row. And he, he wasn't that great last year. You know, obviously he was injured. But uh, he's a great fantasy pickup. So, like, I evidently know what he's capable of doing. Uh, just I guess I, I don't pay enough attention to Columbus only when like I hope that they beat Tampa <laughs> you know so like that's like my attention span for that but well, I, maybe I guess maybe. I have a reason to watch Columbus now I almost like if we don't do it for this episode I'm gonna fucking do it for Twitter just gonna do it edit, in, edit in the amount of times you said Max Domi wasn't going anywhere and just put it into a compilation fucking hurts dude but you know what? We talked about it on Franks and I'll hit talk me to my it. core. I think, don't get me wrong, we got fleeced. Not maybe not fleeced. We lost the deal in terms of trade value. Um, we got jar mode. And, you know, lots of people get jar mode, even the great Mark Bergevin. It, it happens. He's a fucking, as Frank likes to call him, a Bond villain. He's just mental. Hmm. But. It was a trade that needed to happen. I have no issue with Montreal trading for Josh Anderson. I think that's actually at its core. That was a really good trade for Mon- for Montreal. We needed a guy like Josh Anderson, but to say we didn't overpay. Oh my God, we overpaid. And I think it's just because Domi was the odd man out. I think when you have Philip Deneau, actually, I don't think I know when you have Philip Deneau, KK and Suzuki, and you're looking at a guy like Max Domi, who, isn't a he isn't a winger he's a center he he plays his best at center well you're, you're stuck you gotta move on from him it's just the way of the world and i think you know other gms probably knew that and that's why we didn't get as much for him but you know at the end of the day we did get fleeced a little bit and it sucks but if josh anderson can stay healthy and he can score 30 goals as we know he's capable of the trade and the contract i don't think are horrible if he's injured that's a different story. It's going to suck. But I think this, if, if let's just assume Anderson's healthy, it's not the end of the world. I actually think it's what a step in the right direction for Montreal. I, I mean, dude, Frank really like, cause I've, uh, I just had him on fantasy. Like that's not fucking watching this guy. You know, that's just expecting him to do good on a weekly basis. But as Frank put it, like, it sounds to me like this guy is, in a sense, like can run, you know, run the ice like Shea Weber uh, as far as just like being able to put the hits, like just tormenting people, being able to be that, that like kind of like what we saw at Kakeniemi, 
you know, just older. You know, he's he's not going to let you play around on the ice, but has the ability to, uh, you know, to, to help the offense. And it's definitely something that we need right now. Um, I'm just where, where where do we put him? You know, like because um, I truthfully, I'm not sure where where he's going to be. You know, I'm hoping that he's better than Drew and that we can put him on the first line. But I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, I guess in. He's going to be no lower than a two, but uh, I'm just expecting him to to bring that that heavy body, which is Frank. Frank also said that that could be his downfall because he he plays such an intense game that that's how he tends to be more injury prone from shit like that. But I, mean, well, I will say it's kind of what like we're picking him up for is to be that that grit out there. You know, I think. Yeah, I'm sorry. Just made sure. Um, Josh Anderson's a right winger too, so I don't think he will okay, compete sweet. with Drew and Drew plays on the left. Um, I'm thinking about I th- that fucking that guy, I guess. <laughs> the whole whole dilemma. And we will. I'm. <laughs> we're gonna talk about that probably right after this. Um, I think Josh Anderson fits in perfectly on the second or first line for a right wing. Um. I would say second because I think the Deneau line is still going to be seen as our first. Although with Montreal, it's like line 1A and line 1B and then the second, right? Like I think we have two first lines and a second line and then a fourth checking line. That's kind of how the way this um, this um, team is built. Um, see, I've seen a lot of him playing with Suzuki, which I love. And, you know, keeping the Tatar um deno gallagher line together so you get uh nick suzuki jonathan Druen, and josh anderson and those two lines look absolutely sexy like you look at that suzuki line it looks like they're gonna put up a shit ton of points but the only thing that kind of scares me is i do not want to see another year of kakinyemi playing with joel armia and arturi lekkinen i just as much as I love the guys, I just, I don't, I, I want to see him with one of them with either Anderson or Jonathan Drouin. I just, it's about time and you might disagree with me. I just think it's about time we start giving him some talented wingers. I can respect that. I'm sorry. I had a fucking mind blank. I just saw uh, someone, just, someone just posted random photos of, of people and posting like uh Saw saw Taylor Hall at uh, at the Apple Store, and it's, it's like not even a fucking white guy. Like, <laughs> so that's what my Twitter feed is right now, and it, it got the best of me. Um, what do you think about what I said about Kakanyemi? Like, with you know, obviously putting Suzuki, Anderson, and Drew in together is a really sexy idea. It's a great. I would think that would be better awesome, than but... Anderson with Kakanyemi because then it almost sounds like we just have like a more defense-oriented line if we have those two together. So you'd be willing to sacrifice Kakanyemi's like growth for just having two really good lines? Because that's where I'm at. Like I, I think Suzuki is a little bit of head of KK right now. Mm-hmm. But there's not a, there, I still haven't, it hasn't even crossed my mind that Suzuki will be better. I think Hockney is still going to be better. I think he has a higher ceiling. And, you know, we haven't, realistically, we haven't seen him play with anyone for a majority of the time other than Armia and Lekkonen. They've been his line mates since he came into the NHL. 
I just think he's due for a little bit of a promotion. Right. Um, I mean, you know what? Like it could, I could be wrong, you know, like we could see like, uh, like 2006, seven, like Kessler and Corey Perry, like, you know, uh, with Anderson and KK, like, you know, demoralizingly punishing on the four check, but then capable of, of fucking scoring, you know, um, I just, I would just be more worried that if, if those two together turn more into, you know, uh, like with Julian's ideas of being like more of a, a defense oriented line would scare me because KK obviously is, is trying to show his promise right now. And this is the best time to really find a line that would adapt around him the best to, to really pull out his abilities on the four check. And then also, you know, um, help his offense like blossom. So maybe, maybe Anderson is that, you know, like I wouldn't mind having like that early um, Anaheim, you know, like a good Anaheim line like that. Yeah, definitely. And um, we've been beating around the bush. And since we're talking about line combinations, we might as well bring it up. And Taylor Hall, if he is signed by Montreal and, you know, the odds of this episode coming out and something has already happened are huge. And we've just talked about something that's irrelevant. Could, could, could be the case. Um, maybe by the time this comes out, nothing's happened. But by the time someone's listening to this, um, we just sound like fucking idiots. And, you know, it, he goes, I don't know, to fucking, fucking Tampa or somewhere just totally unexpected. Um, but if Taylor Hall does become part of this Habs team via free agency. And what I would have to guess is an 8.5 plus probably $9 million contract with the Montreal Canadians. What does that do for our lines? Like, give me some pipe dream Taylor halls with us. Like, what are your lineups? What did the lines up? What are the, sorry, why am I stuttering so much today? What are the lineups for you? I wouldn't put them on the fucking first, First and foremost, uh, I think he'd have to earn that spot. And that's pretty hard having uh, Druan up front. If Duran is capable of staying, like, relatively really good. Uh, because I find that I'm just afraid to put Taylor Hall in in the, the one position on the left. Just because I'm just afraid he's just going to, like, if there's non-success, then we just get a quitter. Like, I don't, we don't need a Matthew Shane. And this poor guy, you know, first overall in 2010, heart finalist, uh, heart winner. Heart sorry. winner, yeah. Sorry. I'm trying to sound smart and elegant. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, I he definitely, you know, like you're trying to pick him up to play on, on you know, on the first line. He's going to want first line minutes. He's going to want uh, to be paid like a first liner. But I just don't. I'm afraid that he's not going to produce like that. And then we're fucked. So for me, I would put him on the second right now with, uh, I guess like how we had the one, a one B I'd put him with KK. I think that'd be a great line with him and maybe Anderson. Um, if I, if I wanted to really, if, if we had to make that happen, really reenact like a good brutal line that can definitely score goals as well. 
and just be a stout offensive line. I'd, I'd have him Taylor Hall with KK in the middle and Anderson. Okay. Yeah. I um. I actually don't mind him with Kakinami because Taylor Hall is like criminally underrated as a passer. He's one of the best passing wing. Like he's a great playmaker as a winger. Um, I think the obvious choice would be Suzuki almost too, because, you know, Taylor Hall is capable of scoring 30 goals. He's done it. He scored 39. Um, consistently gets about 20 goals, 26 goals when, when healthy. And, you know, that's been an issue. Taylor Hall hasn't played a lot of full seasons. So that's a little bit scary too. But, um, it almost sounds to me like you don't, do you even want to sign Taylor Hall? Like, no, no not at all. No. Uh, no, you know, thinking about it. No, um, I, 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 we need someone like that. I just, I, I don't know like what to expect from Taylor Hall anymore. You know, like, I just don't know. I've, I, it's not his fault that he got fucking sent to teams where they were like, you're going to be what we rebuild around. And he's like, I don't want to stick around for that. I just want to be on in a winning organization that's ready to win right now. And they're like, well, this isn't the organization for you, bud. And, you know, maybe that could be us, you know, and I can just, like, put a fucking foot in my mouth. Um, I think that him, you know, uh, his other wing maybe being, like, uh, Brendan Gallagher would be kind of scary. Um, it would definitely revitalize a little bit of Brendan Gallagher's uh, nastiness because then you, you just really – if you got Taylor Hall, you can really just sit in front of the fucking net and just take the abuse and get, you know, massive deflections and shit like that. But I, I'd i be remiss if, I, if, I, if I'd lie and be like, yeah, I'm not afraid of having Taylor Hall in this team. I'm, I'm afraid he'll have, a, a, you know, a Patrick Laine in Winnipeg or <laughs> fucking – or um, Matt Duchesne in Colorado or Ottawa, really. I just find that, like, he's – talented we know that we know he's capable of making a team a winner if he's got the right pieces around him but what is the problem that he's gone to what four four franchises now and he just gives up because you know he he's he's sick of of the the building aspect of the team and this is a team that you know like i said before we're building but like we can't afford to have pieces that are going to be negative in our locker room. We got too many young kids coming up to have that around. And I'm scared that Taylor Hall has been beat up by the league to the point to where it's like, it's nerd for nothing, you know, as ignorant as that is, but it's just like, if we're not going to be successful, then I'm going to be a fucking a sad pants in the locker room. And I don't think that's the, I don't think we can afford that with these young guys. You know, I, I like, I see where you're coming from. And, like, I, I understand the concerns totally. I just think that – um, And I'm not saying he's, like, not good at his fucking game. Like, he'd be amazing with us. I'm just afraid that if he's not fucking amazing with us, what – you know, what what type of damage are we taking in cap, in salary, and then in, in fucking morale in the locker room, you know? Oh, definitely. And I think that – I don't think there's a huge attitude problem like a lot of people do. I think there's something there. I think usually there's a little bit of substance to rumors. There probably is some attitude. But 
a lot of people say Taylor Hall isn't a winner, and that's part of the reason why uh, they don't want to sign him. But if you look at Taylor Hall's playoff career, which is a total of 14 games in eight, what is it now, like a 10-year NHL career, 14 games. It's just, it's sad. Um. He's got 12 points. If you look at his OHL career, he in his first year, he got five points, five games as a, I believe, 16-year-old. And then 36 in 20, 35 in 19. Um, he's a playoff performer. And, you know, it might be kind of lost and people might forget about it. Because, you know, he hasn't had an opportunity to show a lot of people. But Taylor Hall has, you know, he won the, um, I believe in 2010, Canada won the World Juniors. Taylor Hall had 12 points in six games. Taylor Hall can win. He can perform in big moments. So if I'm Mark Bergeron, I just think that there's no way in hell you can't go for this guy. I understand you might have some resentment, like maybe not resentment, some reservations about it. Mm-hmm. But I just think... This team, if we got Taylor Hall, attitude aside, if there is an issue, which there might be, I don't think it's a big one, but attitude aside, you need him. You need a guy like that to push you over the edge because Montreal doesn't have that surefire superstar forward yet. And Taylor Hall would be an insertion of talent that I really do believe could take us to contending next year. I don't know if we would win. I don't know if I'd put money on that even as a fan, but I think we'd make it past the second round if we had Taylor Hall. I really do think we could do that. Taylor Hall, Shea Weber, and Carey Price on a team, I think that's a lethal combination. I think we'd have to say goodbye to Tommy Tuna, though, if if we fucking bring him on. Like, like the Tatar saga would be over. Like, I just don't see a fit for him after that. Um, I think it would probably cause the end i don't know if it'd be the end this year though i think you could shed a guy like paul byron who makes 3.4 million dollars as much as i love the guy if i have to shed paul byron's salary to get taylor hall i'm fucking doing it and i'm a big advocate of paul byron i love paul byron i love him because like he's almost like alex steen of st louis two years ago now you know um this guy you know i guess it's hard to be like who wants to play on the fourth but this dude like plays on the fourth line and his lights out. And sadly, I think you might get a little bit, you might get a little more back from Tuna than you would from Paul Byron. Oh, definitely. But I think if Montreal does end up signing Taylor Hall, there's no fucking way in hell we're getting anywhere near the trade value on any guy we try to trade for as a salary dump because teams are, they're not going to help us for nothing. Right. Right. We're going to be in a vulnerable position and teams are, gonna take advantage of that but uh this episode's already turning into a long one so i think um before we make it two hours long how about we take where we are and if if you're done with it i'm done with it let's uh let's talk about the draft yeah let's go ahead you know going back to monday uh this past monday the nhl draft um it was a fucking interesting one i uh i can honestly say i did not see Jake Sanderson going before Jamie Drysdale. Um, Shane is an advocate for 
saying Sanderson fits their system better. And, you know, I, I am kind of inclined to agree, but I just think Jamie Drysdale is so much fucking better than Sanderson. I think he fell right into Anaheim's lap. Um, did not, honestly, did not see Buffalo taking Jack Quinn. Um, that was devastating. I'm not going to lie. I, uh, it makes sense in hindsight, but I really was hoping he would fall, fall out of the top 10 for a trade. And I got to say, least of all, though, did I expect Toronto to draft Rody and Amarov with the 15th overall pick and just fucking screw us. Um, <laughs> you'd think, like, Caden Gooley, who we, if you probably know, we ended up drafting, was projected as, like, a top borderline top 10 talent. You know, I saw him at 10. I saw him at 12. 12 was the lowest I actually generally saw him at um i can't believe they didn't fucking draft him he would have been a perfect prospect for them he's looks to project to be a very good nhl defenseman in the future and he just fell straight into our fucking lap um we were talking before this i cannot fucking believe montreal drafted a defenseman though yeah considering we just have a fucking a warehouse like an industrial Walmart warehouse full of centers and defensemen. And do do we pick this up, you know, as as someone to move around? Or, you know, now now we just got all these really great defensemen. Um, you know, they, they they've got to be moved around somewhere, you know. Um, but I, I didn't anticipate us fucking picking. I, I figured we were gonna trade up. Or we were going to make some interesting-ass move, and instead we just picked up our, like, 12th fucking defenseman. Um, yeah, I, um, I, I don't know if anyone saw. I was on the THPN live draft feed with Andy Hammond of the Broadway Boys. Uh, Shane, Frank, Tom, uh, Ottawa, Columbus, and St. Louis, respectively. And when Montreal drafted Caden Gooley, I genuinely face palmed. I was Shane point. He, I was pissed. I was livid. Um, but you know what? At the end of the day, I don't think it was a bad selection. Um, I was confused by it for sure. I did not foresee Montreal drafting a defenseman. But like I said, when I was talking about Toronto, they should have drafted him. Um, he was projected to go borderline top ten. Uh, looks to be a great defenseman. At 16, I just don't think Mark Bergevin and Trevor Timmons thought he would be there. Um, they just had to scoop him up. I mean, he's they had 6'3", 187. Like, he's going to put some weight on him to be in the Smooth NHL. Smooth skating, 40 right. points in 60 games, led WHL defenseman, I believe, in points. Uh, <clears throat> oh, sorry. Um, just fucking, or at least draft-eligible defenseman. And Elliot Friedman was pointed out. Mark Bergevin was stayed five minutes to draft. Mark Bergevin stood up at the podium at four minutes. <laughs> he knew exactly who the fuck he was drafting. Like he had right. no question in his mind. Um, at the end of the day, I I would have liked to have got a winger, but I think with Jack Quinn and Rodian Amarok both taken, I think Kane Gooley. You know, I'm gonna in Mark Bergevin and Trevor Trevor Timmons we trust when it comes to the draft. So if anything, I'm just our defensive core looks even fucking stronger than ever. We're going to be a defensive powerhouse. And, you know, I'm actually very happy with this selection as much as it surprised me and pissed me off at the time. I've, I've come full circle on it. Yeah. I kind of had that face like that woman, um, 
with Kaken Yemi, who was just they, confused. Like they had her. Yeah, they on had her the, on, and it was a terrible interview. She just kept like, I don't know. I guess she sounded like me. She just kept saying the same fucking shit over and over because she, she was just so embarrassed that I guess they caught her on fucking a live feed of just her being like, "What in the absolute fuck was you know are they doing?" I love that they had her on though. The God. fact that Montreal was like self-aware enough of like the memeage that that woman got how much she was memed i just think that's fucking hilarious um do you want to talk about her second round selections yeah um if i'm not mistaken it's uh luke tuck out of boston U, and um uh, you're gonna love this yon yep my sack my sack my sack my sack okay i'm expecting it to be a little bit more uh difficult than that but luke which Tuck, was Oh, go, go ahead. What were you going to say before? Because we, Luke, we got, we have time to talk about Luke Talk. Like, well, I, I slept in. I'm going to be honest. Um, the day for the second day of draft, I, I stayed up pretty fucking late after the draft. Um, with some, you know, there may have been some beverages involved. Um, so I went to bed at like 3 a.m., woke up at like 1 p.m. And looked at Twitter, and for some reason, Tuck My Sack was trending <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> and, you know, people instantly realized the connection between Luke Tuck and My Sack's name. Um, I think Luke Tuck is actually a great pick for Montreal. Um, a left winger, six foot two. Alex Tuck's brother um, played in the U.S. Men National Development Program. Um, put up de- decent numbers. Um, you know, he's a big boy and he's mean. And, you know, that's what they said a lot was he's not as talent, like not as skilled as his brother, but he's mean. And Montreal seemed to target him for his size. Um, yeah, I would honestly, fucking 6'2", at 18. He better oh, be fucking yeah. mean. Like the dude looks like a serial killer. Like he's got the <laughs> jawline that looks like a fucking brick wall. Like, like Bergevin was just like, yeah, this kid is going to be like, mean as fuck for us like we need someone just that's gonna to... bully people and that's yeah. what he was that's what he went for and he, a kid who plays for fucking bu better be a goddamn swinger like i know there's no fighting in, in college hockey but like this kid's gonna be brutal and berger van saw that shit and he was just like yeah like this is a great pickup bergerman just wanted someone to fucking spot him at the gym somebody oh, go to well. the fucking gym and get ripped with that's luke tuck um i'm actually more high on the second pick though Jan mysack Great name, by the way, but this guy's been playing um, professional hockey in the Czech Republic since, I believe, yeah, since 2018, 2019. Wow. Signed with the pro, was playing with the pros this year, came over to the OHL, had 20, had 25 points in 22 games, 15 goals, totally rose up the draft boards. He was actually, um, he was projected to go in the first round. I saw him as, as high as number 12 on some draft boards and Montreal got this guy 48th overall. Um, he is a center, but he, ha- he does play left wing. Like he does both. He'll probably play left wing for the Habs, just a super skilled high IQ guy. And like to kind of give some perspective, there were a lot of mock drafts I saw where Montreal picked this guy with the 16th overall pick and we got him in the second round 48th overall. So I am super fucking happy that Mark Bergevin and Trevor Timmons were able to acquire him. Where they do, I think it was great. Like, I just think it was a great pick overall. 
in terms of we we stole him to be honest we he fell into our lap i think this i don't see a future um you know provided injuries do not occur where Jan Mysak isn't at some point in the NHL. I'm, I'm that convinced he's an NHL or he's, he's fucking talented. Well, good. Um, I'm a little, uh, I mean, he's, he's almost six, almost six foot. He's basically five foot 10. He's, he's literally, you know, like, I mean, I can't say he's Max Domi. I haven't really followed him that much, but I, I'm interested now, but at 18, you know, like to play, for two years under under 18 years old at, at the U-20s and be this year he was awarded uh, – he had the most points by a U-20 player for the 2019-2020 season. I mean, like, this kid was 18 years old. Like, he's played for, you said, two years in the pros out there. Um, so this kid literally at, what, 16 years old, they were like, he's ready to play. So yeah. you got a kid who's 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 getting development way beyond – his age range right now. So hopefully when he comes over, it's, it's almost just like riding a fucking bike, you know, it's rudimentary <laughs> to him. As a nine or sorry, an 18 year old. No, not even 18. How fuck me. Sorry. He, so he's 18 now in 20 and sorry, he's 18 now in 2016, 2017. Which would have made him He's what, 15? 14, 14. Jesus Christ. As a four as a 14-year-old playing in the Czech like top league under 16 national program, he put up 89 points in 37 games. <laughs> and then as a 15-year-old playing with the under 18s, he put up 10 and 4. As a 16, he did 59 points. In 12 games as a 16-year-old in the under-18s. That's fucking insane. This guy, mm-hmm. like, obviously the Czech Republic, it's not it's not Canada. It's not the O. But he went to the O and lit that up, too. He is a talented, high-skill player. And coming in on the left wing, shoots left. I'm just I'm super he's play- excited. He's playing yeah. beyond his age. And then... For, like you said, for anybody who who has doubts on him, he went and played in Hamilton uh, this year and had a great in twenty two games had a great season. Like on a pretty shitty Hamilton team, I will add. Yeah, they're not they're not the fucking the ham and cheese, you know. Like twenty two games, 15, 10, 25. Like this kid fucking lit it up. Like eighteen years old, playing with people that would beat his fucking wheels off, and he's just like, yeah, well, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Dirty dangles. Like, and I will, and I do think uh, we've gone a little far into it, so I won't really elaborate. We can talk about that another day. Um, Montreal picked Sean Farrell in the fourth round too, who I think was projected to go in the second. Um, I think that was a great value pick for us. Jacob Dobbs, a goalie we drafted. I don't, I literally, I think I forget who I was talking with. I was talking on the, the draft live, the THPN live draft. And I said, any team can draft a goalie. Um, it doesn't matter. Even Carey Price has had how many goalies drafted in his tenure. And Montreal proves that, you know, it's it never hurts to draft a goalie. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, overall, I I give this draft a B plus for Montreal. Personally, I don't think we hit it right out of the park. But in the later rounds, I think for the most part, we drafted players lower than they were projected to go 
And, you know, I just think you're going to hit on one of them at that point. Right. So I just, a B plus for me personally. I love it. Um, you know, I was confused right off the fucking bat. Um, but yeah, like you're saying, like, dude, we were picking people that were expected to be gone and they're still around. Like it's, it's literally like these, these guys aren't like caliber Cole Caulfield, but like, no, they're definitely getting overlooked and we're just scooping them up. Like, it's like fucking, oh, what's that shitty game with the hippos? Hungry, hungry hippos. <laughs> we're just picking up these kids that deserve a fucking chance that are, that are playing way beyond their years right now. We're just fucking taking them all. Yeah, I, the future. How many times do we fucking say it? Should be our catchphrase. The future looks bright, really bright. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that's probably gonna wrap it up for today. We've we've gone on for how long now? Almost. Oh fuck! Let's check it. Ooh. I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of time. Time doesn't exist. Uh, an hour twelve. An hour twelve. That's not actually. We've gone on for longer in the past, but. I think it's going to wrap things up. For I'm going to leave you I... with a story. Oh, there. Okay. I'm going to leave you with a story. We're recording with Frank, right? And uh, if you guys would please just go watch it because it was, it was streamed. So it'll be up on a video. Uh, we'll start doing that sooner or later too, folks. So hopefully that's something you're interested in. Um, you can see in the video, like while you're talking, while I'm talking, I'm visually looking at something on my side because while we're fucking while we're recording i keep hearing something at the door right i keep hearing like something's tapping a little tapping at my door but i'm far enough away from the door to where it's not getting picked up you know in the audio feed and i'm just so fucking confused and i'm thinking someone's there but i can't get up because my phone's connected you know so i don't it doesn't die while i'm in the middle of this meeting um <laughs> by the time we finished like 45 minutes later i forget about it and i just go back to doing like you know little chores uh so i can just sit down and, and waste my life playing video games and shit like that um and it fucking starts up again <laughs> and then i hear this distinct ass noise of a little aggravating ass cat right and apparently my cat has been stuck outside. Who's an inside cat. He's been stuck outside on the porch for about four hours. <laughs> so thank God my wife doesn't listen to this because she doesn't know anything about hockey. But her cat was stuck outside for four hours. And this is where it make this is where it links in. Um, I, I'd like to say happy Thanksgiving to Canada. And it makes no sense, right? But my cat's name is Turkey. So there's the link, right? Because he looks like a fucking, he looks like a freshly right out of the oven turkey when he sits down because he's so fucking fat. I'm sorry, but is that why, why the fuck did you name your cat turkey? Because he looks like, he looks like a turkey. He, he looks like, like the stupid ass picture of a Thanksgiving meal in the U S might be different in Canada, you know? (laughs) But just a turkey with a stupid little legs up with those dumbass little little hats on the feet. When my cat sits and you see the little hind legs kind of locked in, it his his ass end looks like a fucking turkey, like right out the oven. He's like a dark, darker orange, like almost like a like a biscuit bronzed out of the oven. I just I can't see how you don't see the irony in the fact that a vegan slash vegetarian couple has a cat named Turkey. 
we got them before we went we went fully you know before i got off the meat you know okay. uh but dude that's that's really based on just being in the culinary field but yeah no i got a cat named turkey so what I, it's funny not eating it is asshole. funny and you know what it helps us celebrate the real thanksgiving uh canadian thanksgiving dude i don't even celebrate uh slaughterville that is the american thanksgiving so i guess canadian thanksgiving is the real one so i mean we still we still kill a shit ton of like turkeys but you know i just meant that ours was based on the deaths of many native americans like oh i don't even i to be (laughs) honest with you i don't know what ours is based on i if i had to guess i would just say that like you guys had a thanksgiving and we just have a Thanksgiving too. I, I honestly have no fucking clue why we have Thanksgiving. God. Um, I, it's not even like a big thing. Like, well, I don't know. Maybe I'm just crazy. But the we, unpatriotic. We just have, we just have dinner. Habs nightly. No, it, it's we just, we just <laughs> have dinner. Like that. That's all you do for Thanksgiving. Okay. Next week, I want to know what the dinner was like. And I've been in. I've I've cooked for ten years, and it. it you better tell me it's more than just a f- couple of. Lay's chips on a plate with some ketchup. Oh no 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 no! We we go full out. You gotta get stuffing, stuff that turkey. You get the turkey, and then the, you know what the worst part about fucking Thanksgiving though is? The family. Uh well, <laughs> yikes, yikes! My family's terrible. Um, maybe that in some situations, but the fact that like. You know, turkey's great, and it's, like, awesome. You know, oh, yes, turkey stuffing. And then that's all you eat for, like, two weeks after Thanksgiving. It's, like, turkey sandwiches and, like, turkey stew and, like, turkey leftover. It's just fucking turkey for two weeks. Yeah, because you guys literally cooked for fucking an entire village for, for like, a four-piece family. Like, Maybe that's why, like, turkey, you only have it, like, for Thanksgiving for the most part because – by the time Thanksgiving, like all those leftovers are eaten, you just don't want to see turkey for another fucking year. Right. Like my wife's my wife's side, she uh they do turkey on Thanksgiving, but then Christmas they they you know, like down here for some reason, like we, we're just not original and we do turkey again. Uh their family hates double backing on the turkey, so they'll do like like a, a big ass uh steak pit. So they'll do a bunch of steaks and shit like that and sausage <laughs> and boudin and all these yeah, also- Cajun delicacies when we start doing like face camp stuff too we got to get like a live counter for the accumulated amount of time that we've said okay we're gonna we're gonna leave and then continue to talk for another it's like, it's it's for the, the die hard fans because they know that there's it's it's it's, it's the over under is two <laughs> you know we're gonna say it twice and people are like fuck all right i'm logging off but then the die hard fans like christian lafabra Lefabro, uh, don't know no to listen way past way past the second or third. We'll see y'all next time. You know what? Fair enough. And on that note, I think we'll see y'all next time. Follow Habs Nightly on Twitter alongside Bayou Benders. Um, share with y'all eat what y'all eat. I don't know anything about Canadian Thanksgiving. I want to know like what's delicacies. What's the difference? Talk to y'all next week. Y'all have a great Thanksgiving. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. 
New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.